You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Kiana Jones, artist and founder of Happening Hands, a community that helps makers and creative business owners build thriving, profitable businesses. Every week on our podcast, we discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to build that profitable handmade or creative business that you've always dreamed of. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. Today's special guest is Meredith Russell, a creative business coach, artist, and the founder of Craft Theory, a brick-and-mortar community art studio in Lakewood, Washington. Since opening in November of 2021, Meredith has hosted over 240 art classes in her space, and Craft Theory has supported more than 60 local businesses in her area. I'm so excited to chat with Meredith today, so let's jump in. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kiana. Absolutely. So you own an art and community space called Craft Theory. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey with art and how you ended up opening your business? Yeah, so it's a very fun story. Um, I was very creative as a small child. And I really, really loved art. And so I was in all these art classes. About middle school, I started realizing that drawing was the main focus of the art classes, which isn't really my forte. So I mm-hmm. fully transitioned myself out of art and um, lived without it for about 15 years. One of my wow. friends invited me in 2018 to a fluid painting class. I had never heard of fluid painting before, but I was like, sure, let's go. It'll be fun. Um, and during that class, the instructor lifted up my painting and started tilting it for me. And I was so mad. I almost walked out. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I was like, as an, as an instructor, why are you touching somebody else's art? Um, and then during the drying process, me and the two friends I was there with, all of our paintings cracked. And so I went down this uh, YouTube rabbit hole trying to figure out why that happened. And I bought all the supplies and I was like, we're going to just fix this and learn how to do it ourselves, myself. Um, nice. <laughs> and I started showing some coworkers different paintings that I had made. And a few weeks later, one of them was like, well, can I buy one? And I had never even considered selling art at that point in my life. So that was a completely new thing for me. In 2019, I went to my very first market, um, did really, really well. I quit my job two weeks later and decided I was going to do that full time. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. I tell people I don't recommend doing that. Um, I am also in the Army Reserves and I had a big bonus from a reenlistment that I had just done. So I was like, and I'd given myself a deadline um, of December of 2019 when I was graduating with my bachelor's degree. And so I was like, if you don't, if you aren't able to make a living off of it by then, then you need to look for a job. Then in December of 2019, I found out I was getting mobilized with the Army for a year, which hindsight, thank goodness, because I was fully employed during all of COVID. Um, And then we opened the studio here in Lakewood in August of 2021. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) So it hasn't been it hasn't been open very long. That's like really recent. That's so cool. So tell me a little bit about the mission behind the business and kind of how you came up with 
craft theory? Yeah. So my mission is really to help share art and creativity, to transform people's relationship with art and creativity, and to show people that there is another way. The rhetoric of college, I feel, is pushed on a lot of people, and I'm a living example of that's not the only way that you can go. And I really want to share that with people so that they can have full, fulfilled lives. I feel that creativity is such an important part of of life. It's the part mm-hmm. that makes life worth living. Yeah. And I just, so I, I want to share that with other people who may have felt like I felt as a child, like drawing mm-hmm. is, it's not the only way. Yeah. So that first experience that you just told me about, how do you kind of combat that in the space today? Because, you know, I... As someone with an arts background, you know, I've seen how people react when they come into an art filled space where, you know, they're supposed to interact with art or perhaps do something artistic and they've never encountered that before or they don't consider themselves artistic. They might be a little nervous about how to get started or even how to like interact with art. So how does that how does the work you're doing now in your space with clients and customers kind of open up in creative ways like that they might not have known were possible for them? I think there's two specific things that I do. Um, One, I use a lot of humor. So we have people tell us all the time, like, oh, I can't draw. I'm not creative. And I just lean over and stage whisper to them, like, I can't draw either. And so that gets (laughs) them laughing a little bit more loose. Um, When we start classes in our studio, I tell Mm. people that I hope they're prepared because this is a really technical class. We use words like midge and thingy and (laughs) and little bit. Um, And and that, too, gets them laughing and relaxed. And Mm -hmm. then when I forget a word, I'm like, you know, that thingy. And then they're laughing all over again. Yeah. And the second way is that this is really a judgment-free zone. So the mm-hmm. other thing I tell people all the time is that your art should look like yours and not yeah. like mine. Mm-hmm. So yes, we have an example, but if I painted that same painting all over again, it's not going to look the same because I might right. be in a different mood or um, have less sleep or I use different colors so your painting should look like an expression of you and not a carbon copy of me yeah that makes a lot of sense and now I just want to go to one of your art classes (laughs) I mean I've taken art classes like in college I took art classes um I, I did art history but I took a lot of art classes just because I mean I love art I'm also an artist And, you know, it it is it can get very technical. And some of the teachers, you know, it can be intimidating Mm -hmm. if you've never done art before in like a, uh, I don't know, like a more of a serious context. And so when someone's going to a class, they kind of expect, oh, I'm going to like learn something like really technical. And so I love that you do that um, to get people comfortable, because I think that's really important to remember, um, which is just kind of not take it too seriously. Yes, absolutely. And we, of course, teach them. I'm like, you know, put paint on your paintbrush this way, do this type of stroke. Um, And I know we've talked a little bit about art history. We do kids educational classes with art history, but I always try to relate it to 
to something current that mm -hmm. is happening um, in their life or in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that helps a lot because I feel like, you know, it, it can be hard to kind of think of another time period or something, you know, being able to say, oh, this actually makes sense for my life today. Like that just can open up a whole new world of understanding. Mm -hmm. I was talking recently with a group of middle schoolers. We were doing an after school art program and we were talking about, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what artist, but he had um, stopped going to school at the age of 14, decided that he mm -hmm. was just going to go out and be an artist on his own. And one of the kids piped up, they're like, well, what did his parents think about that? And so mm -hmm. I was explaining that back in that day, because this was a fairly old artist, so at least a century yeah. ago. I was like, at 14, mm -hmm. they did stop going to school. They got jobs. They got married. Um, and so then we started onto this whole path about women's rights because mm -hmm. he was a man. So he went out and got a job. And during that time period, women were getting married and having babies. And there was some eighth graders in there. And so I was like, that you right here, like you would be getting married right now. And she's like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm not ready for that. And I was like, well, aren't you glad you're born in this century? Yeah, definitely. That's so funny. <laughs> definitely some perspective there. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Are you a maker who's interested in joining a marketplace that truly cares about its makers and how it's contributing to the caring economy? Go Imagine donates 100% of its profits to charity, and it's only $2.50 a month to start a shop and only $10 a month to have your own branded website that connects you with Go Imagine buyers. Join Go Imagine and get your first month free with our special code HH23. Okay, back to the show. So, Meredith, I know it can be a little hard to build kind of like a local business, like a brick and mortar, right? Especially at first, like if you're brand new in the space. So can you share a little bit about like how you've been able to build a community around your business and um, some of the strategies that you found success with? Yes, absolutely. So before I had the actual brick and mortar, we did farmer's markets um, in our city and um, the city next door to us. So I already had a fairly good following which made transitioning to a brick and mortar a little bit easier. I also worked with our economic developer here in Lakewood, um, got a lot mm -hmm. of information from her, and then started building very purposeful business partnerships with other small businesses in the area. So we have um, a more established business that we go and teach classes at twice a month. Um, and that has been very helpful for us because we've been able to almost piggyback off of their audience. Um, and then once you get that snowball kind of rolling, it's a little easier the next one and the next one because you have these examples to pull from of here's how this program has helped this other business. Um, we mm -hmm. also have programs where we teach the after school classes and so once we were in one school it's a little bit easier to go to that next school uh, and then we just have gotten a ton of word of mouth referrals I mean it has been really insane to see how the community has embraced us 
That's awesome. So tell me a little, a little bit about the kind of events that you hold in your space. Oh, my gosh. Um, everything. I tell people all the time we're going to steal UPS's um, tagline of we do all the ings. <laughs> the, the big art thing that we don't do is ceramics just because we don't have a kiln. I don't have space for it. Okay. Um, so we paint ceramics. We just um, can't glaze or fire them. Mm -hmm. So we do one-off classes where you can sign up um, by yourself or with a group of friends to come in and paint a particular painting. We have open arts times. We have the kids' educational programs. Um, we do all sorts of different birthday parties and private parties. So we've done kids, adults, birthday parties, baby showers, bachelorette. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've had people rent our space. Um, we had a a blogger, a pretty famous blogger, come in and rent our space for a meet and greet. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's been very fun to just involve ourselves with the community. We have in February a um, blood drive coming up that's going to happen mm -hmm. at our space. And everyone who donates blood will be able to do a free project here. Nice. That's awesome. I love that you're you're open to so many ideas and like just, you know, I think that's really important when you're opening a local business. You have to integrate into the community in order for it to really be a success. And I think that's what you've done. And so that's that's cool. That's really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love Lakewood. Like I I've lived here for, gosh, seven years. And mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love it here. I love the community. I feel like I have found my people, which that's awesome. Makes it yes, it makes it so much easier to be to want to be involved in the community. Yeah. So what are some things that you hope to do in the future in the business space? Like, do you have like some some big goals with that? Yeah. So in the future, we are looking at expanding a lot of our coaching programs. So having been mm -hmm. in both a product and a service-based business, um, I'm offering business coaching as well as creative coaching. If you are interested in being more creative but aren't really sure where to start, um, we have yeah. programs for that. Um, we're doing a lot more of the business partnership and the local community events and then um this year we are also offering a corporate team building event nice what does that look like i'm really interested in hearing yes. more about that <laughs> <laughs> yes there's a few different ways that a corporate team building event can look um one of the things is i i call it it's almost like speed dating but it's okay. speed painting oh my so, gosh we're all going to do the same painting, but we're uh -huh. going to move the paintings every step. So that's so cool. <laughs> we're going to do like a field of flowers, right? And so okay. one person's mm -hmm. going to put the sunset in and then we're going to move the paintings to the next person. And uh -huh. now you have a new painting and we're going to paint um, mountains in front of that. And then we're going to move the painting. And then now you have a third painting in front of you and we're going to do the trees and we're mm -hmm. going to move the painting. And so you end up with this painting that has been touched by every single person on your team. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that home or you could hang it, all of them in your lobby and be like, look at this masterpiece that we as a company made together. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is so cool. And it sounds really, really fun. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's awesome. So talk to me about 
um, some of the business mechanics side of things. Like, what were some of the biggest challenges you had to face when you were launching and growing your business? And what are some of the biggest takeaways that might be helpful for someone who's thinking about starting a space like yours? Oh, I think some of our biggest challenges have been, A, trying to do all of the things. So when I very first started, um, even before the brick and mortar, I was going to probably six markets a week. Um, I was exhausted. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It was a, I was absolutely exhausted. I didn't have time to make new product. Um, and instead of really looking at the markets where my customers were going to be at, so a lot of those markets I didn't even make money at. And so that was a big learning lesson for me of like, I need to be in the right space. So when I looked for our studio space, that was a big thing to me of being in the right space. And so we are currently located in between a quilt shop and a children's consignment store, which has been amazing because we're getting both other crafters and um moms which is a big part of our market mm -hmm. the, the second thing has been um finances and like working capital so this business is entirely self-funded i have not taken any um loans or financing which is amazing but at the same time i have to be very careful about how much I'm purchasing at which time. And then as mm -hmm. I hired employees, I'm like, I have to make sure that we're bringing enough in enough money to pay them. Mm -hmm. um, so that has, has been quite the challenge. Yeah. I think that's probably a challenge for a lot of small business owners. So, you know, it's, it's a relatable challenge, you know, um, as you grow, some of those growing pains, it's like, you know, expanding your team, um, trying to make sure that your your finances are in order and um, all of those those little things that aren't necessarily fun. <laughs> it's not like the fun thing that you get to do in your job, but it's definitely like essential. There is some essentials to learn there in order to be successful. So, yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, so how can people work with you, Meredith? It, are you just in person or do you also work remotely with clients? How, how can people work with you? Yes. So I do work remotely with clients. Um, we don't have any online one-off classes right now. So the best way to work with me would be um, our journaling, our art journaling course. It's called Creative Core Connection. And our next one starts April 1st. And um, that's just really, it's a six week get to know yourself better, bring out that inner artist in a very safe space. Um, we mm -hmm. have 10 spots available, excuse me, and we have eight spots available. Um, and two of them are already taken for okay. April. Nice. Um, and then the creative coaching and business coaching, I do do via virtual if you're not located here in the Lakewood area. Nice. And where can people find you online? Yes, we are at craft-theory.com. Nice. And people can contact you just through the website? Yes, through the website. We're also on um social media the the three big ones facebook instagram tiktok at nice. craft theory lakewood 
Craft Theory Lakewood. Awesome. And if anyone's in Lakewood listening to this podcast, you need to go and meet Meredith and sign up for a class like yesterday. All right. Thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you for coming on the show and good luck with everything that you've got planned for this year. Thank you so much for having me, Kiana. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into the Handmade CEO Podcast. Check out the show notes to get a closer look at our guest today and our special offers. Most importantly, check out and join our membership for makers, Happening Hands, where we feature courses, workshops, monthly coaching, and more for makers and creative business owners who are ready to bring their businesses to the next level. You can do this by going to www.happeninghands.com. See you next time. And until then, don't forget that no dream is too big to turn into your dream job.